Last time on Quarantine Quest. Just when they thought they were out of the water, the party awoke to find themselves in even deeper shit. Get it? Because they're in the sewers? Kalida and Arcturus were down for the count. Jimena fought strange shadows that stole her strength. Torbjorn got knocked out by a letter, then came back up swinging. Lord Nero did some earthbending. And once they thought the fight was done, the real trouble began. A mysterious man is trying to escape with Kalida. But why? And will they be able to stop him? Coming up next. He is holding your sister's body. Nope, nope, nope. Not cool. Um, I am getting here as fast as I can. So you managed to kind of jab this guy in the arm. He almost drops uh, Kalita's head and shoulders down um, with the spasms, but you watch him grit his teeth, Jimena, and he seems to be determined to hold on to her at all costs, and you hear him, like, cry out as Arcturus, like, shoves this blade in his back. Orin, you recognize these as the material components that are often used to invoke a port of recall spell. Arcturus, what happened? Where'd she go? What, What do we do? If there is a shred of life in him, he will speak to us. I would like to know where Kalita is. Why will make you disappear? Tell us where she is. Or every few seconds or however long it takes for me to feel like it, I'm going to break one of your fingers. Nero kicks some water on his face. Um, so how do you how do you push through like this final intimidation? Like what makes him crack? I'm mad. I'm mad that one of my brothers has done this. Like one of my dwarf brethren. Oh, God, which body part do I want to do this to? You? That oh I, my like floating around the water. Oh it's my like, God. Play, 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 play. Fine. Oh, just please stop. What? you do with her? Uh, you kind of grabbed his hair for a minute as if to yank his head back, and you can now see that inscribed uh, into these silver and gold um, rings, like the hair rings, you can see the symbol of the dragon-marked house, Kundarak. The plot thickens. Just how deep does this conspiracy go? For that matter, just how deep into the Undercity of Sharn will our party go? Stay tuned to find out. This is Quarantine Quest. The last war is over. The day of mourning, as it would forever be known in the histories of Corvair, came with the devastation of the entire nation of Sire. The warring nations of Corvair quickly came to realize that victory was impossible. What had been the five nations united under the throne of Galifar was now twelve sovereign kingdoms, shocked by the wasteland that was once Sire. Two years later, representatives from these nations hammered out the Treaty of Thronehold. After a hundred years, Corvair was at peace. Still, the last war might never be over. The elven lands of Valinar, home to the legendary Terndal warriors, agreed to the Treaty of Thronehold merely to assess their foes and force them to acknowledge the elves as a new nation. Ondare signed the treaty, but longs to reclaim both Thaliost and the Eldine Reaches. The King of Karnath works for peace, but many in his nation will not be content until the continent rests under their control. The refugees from Sire are desperate to discover the cause of the mourning and ensure that whoever is responsible pays dearly. Few people are willing to say it aloud, but they all know in their hearts that the peace of Thronehold is a fragile thing indeed.
go help your brother. I'm going to deal with this one. She is sprinting for the doorway. If that is what woke her up, that is where she is headed. So, more noise is going to come from the stairwell. At this time, you guys just hear a short, pained yelp. Just a small... And then you hear the voice of Arcturus once again, this time with more than a tinge of panic in it. And you're going to hear him yell, Hurry! They've got Kalita! Nope, nope, nope. Not cool. Um, I am getting here as fast as I can. And from there, can I see this guy? Yes, he is standing. He is holding your sister's body um, up off the floor. You can see a uh, like a bluish silver robed man. Um, he's got a he's got a dark cloak kind of thrown haphazardly on over his robes, um, but they look like fairly fine robes um, of a light blue color limbed with silver. Uh, he's a half elf man, uh, very cleanly cut around the face. Um, and he is currently, like, wincing in pain and looking away from you because uh, he has Arcturus, who just, like, jabbed a blade into his side and is trying to hold it there. Go ahead and I roll. we can add another blade to his day. Excellent. So go ahead and do that, and then I'll have you do the other thing. Yeah. Seven to hit. Mm, unfortunately not going to do it. So you summon your packed weapon, you take a lunge, and he, like, kind of seems to, like, almost shimmer in the air. Like, he, as if he just came back into, like, being physical or being visible. Um, and it's just enough to throw off your strike. Hang, oh, wait, let's see. No, a seven still wouldn't do it. I was going to take away his dex bonus because he's holding Kalita, but seven still wouldn't cut it. So, rolls back to Nero seeing a man disemboweled definitely chilled and Nero will essentially run like full action just to get behind Humana okay and see if he can be of some kind of aid Uh, so you see that there's a man in there holding uh, Kalita's body up off the ground Um, Humana's trying to stab at him and uh, you can vaguely see like Arcturus's feet uh, moving around on the landing just up the steps as he prepares to strike uh, at this guy again. After that, Torbjorn. Yes, Torbjorn. And he's dead and everything? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's at least unconscious and dying. I want to, like, pick him up, try to pick him up and, like, bring him back over. Okay. Um, I will say you can take a turn to move him about 30 feet that way. Okay. Between picking him up and stuff. Um, go ahead and roll a perception check. Okay. 12. Alrighty. Um, you, yeah. you you can see him in a little more detail now. Uh, it's definitely a dwarven face. You can see, like, some battle scars on there. Um, and he's got these, like, little silver silver and gold rings, like, binding the, the network of braids he has hanging off of his head. Um... The pendant that he was holding in his hand um, is now dropped into the water. Uh, whether you want to come back for that or not is your choice. Um, but yeah, it seems to be like a heavy adamantine pendant in the shape of a skull hanging on a chain. Uh, the wand that he had is also dropped in the water. And um, underneath his uh, underneath his crimson cloak, he, uh, he definitely has, like, you can see glimpses of, like, very rich clothing on. Uh, you can see a little bit of, like, leather armor, um, but sticking out of the top of that leather armor is definitely, like, a silk ruffle. So this is definitely not the same brand of folks that you just faced. Uh, after that, I believe it is their turn. Jimena, I want you to make an attack of opportunity first. That hits. Roll damage. Four. And Arcturus is going to make the second attack of opportunity. He hits 
Five plus five, he does ten damage. So you manage to kind of jab this guy in the arm. He almost drops uh, Kalita's head and shoulders down um, with the spasms, but you watch him grit his teeth, Jimena, and he seems to be determined to hold on to her at all costs, and you hear him, like, cry out as Arcturus, like, shoves this blade in his back yet again. Um, He spits up a little bit of blood. Oren, go ahead and roll a Knowledge Arcana or Spellcraft check, whichever is higher for you. Uh, 17. That is just enough because it's a common enough spell. You watch as he kind of shakes loose from a pouch at his side that was already hanging slightly loose underneath his cloak. Um, You watch him kind of shake loose this pouch and it falls to the floor and out spills a little bit of silver dust and a few feathers. And you recognize these as the material components that are often used to invoke a Port of Recall spell. Jimena, you can see Arcturus standing behind this guy, and then all of a sudden, all you can see is Arcturus. This man has just teleported out with Kalita. What do you do? Um... I probably just stare at Arcturus for a few seconds and probably yell. Arcturus, what happened? Where'd she go? What What do we do? Arcturus is standing there with his mouth open for a moment and then he closes his, his jaw and sets it. And that weird crimson battle fire you've seen in his eyes before, like the one where you and Kalita were like, oh no, while he was fighting the little gnome is just, like, burning, and he, like, walks past you, sets, like, a gentle but firm hand on your shoulder, and pushes you aside. Uh, Nero, you, like, step back a minute, aghast, because his eyes are practically glowing red, and something about him feels unholy. Um, Torbjorn, as you carry this body down, you see Arcturus round the corner, um, you hear Jimena yelling. Um, at that point, like, would you drop his body, or are you still going to try and rush over there holding the guy's body? I'd probably, ru- like, drop him and, like, kind of rush over there. You drop him and rush over. Um, go ahead and move your character to where you think you would. I mean, we're out of combat, so toss him to the side right there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I assume Jimena's, like, are you are you, like, crying right now or just, like, straight up dissociating? Like what uh, is probably a mixture of both, but I don't necessarily realize that I'm crying. So Torbjorn, you see Humana just like standing there like this, shoved slightly aside away from the doorway. Um, as you were walking up here, Arcturus strode by you, uh, stopped you for just like a second, and just said, "Does he still live?" Probably not. If there is a shred of life in him. He will speak to us. And he begins to walk toward the figure that you just dumped. Uh, what do what what do you do, uh, Torbjorn? Like, would you would you look in the in the doorway or ask what's wrong? Let's uh, you and you and Nero uh, and Humana are all just standing here. So like, you three role play that because this is a weird situation. Yeah, what's what's going on? Like, wow, Humana just. The, ma- the man used a recall spell and kidnapped. You made he's gone. Wait, he's gone. Gone, yes, but not gone forever. Maybe if we. And Nero kind of just swallows audibly. Interrogate that man. We can figure out where she's gone. And Nero starts to walk over and tries to do a medicine check to stabilize him. So you don't even have to do a medicine check. Uh, As you walk over, Arcturus is already picking this guy up, and he is going to throw the body roughly right over here underneath Valve 8. And um, I'm going to roll a d12 real quick. Okay, so Valve 1 opens up way down the way and spews out a bunch of sewage, and Arcturus is going to use Lay on Hands. 
Um, he is a paladin, and oh, their undead type is positive energy undead, unique as it is. So he is going to use lay on hands. Uh, you see like this kind of reddish gold aura surround the guy's wounds. He passes it over the guy's stomach, which seals itself back up a little bit. Like you notice there's still a little gash. You can see a little intestine through it. And the guy kind of <gasps> and kind of starts looking around and he sees you like tentatively but like with this look of sorrowful fury standing over him and he kind of like has this little twinge of regret on his face as he realized that you tried to give him a chance and then his face goes even paler than it was before if that's humanly possible as he stares up at the looming figure of Arcturus you will answer us Torbrin and Humana what do you do Humana's still in shock but her sister Uh, is gone too please go over to like the valve and try to help them out okay um with whatever they need if they need help tying them up or putting some uh some of the physical uh, <laughs> Niss into the interrogation. Uh, I'm more than happy to be their muscle for that. Um, are you Are you guys just going to try and role play this as it comes, or do you guys want to roll interrogation initiative? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's I guess naturally. I mean, if Arturus wasn't going to say anything immediately, then Nero was going to try and do something. Okay, so go ahead and say your first piece as Torbjorn is walking over. Sir, I would like to know where Kalita is. I'm not usually one for this kind of thing, and I am soaked with fecal matter, and I'm quite unhappy. And I just bought this staff today, and I don't know what it does. (laughs) But I'm willing to find out on you. Okay, can I just say that that quiet-ass high voice is chilling the shit out of me right now? Like, I am terrified. So, and Nero's gonna stat, like stomp the staff really hard onto the floor. Please, do not make my day worse. Please tell us where your friend disappeared to, or I will make you disappear. Holy shit. Okay, so, um, Torbjorn, you kind of heard all this as you were walking up. The guy still looks, like, kind of frozen in indecision. Do you take any further action? I'd probably, like, reiterate that, you know, like, pretty much killed him once and we can do it again. All right. So, Nero, go ahead and roll a... Well, I'll, I'll let you substitute your intimidation for persuasion check here. Go ahead and roll a persuasion with advantage. Okay. With the with the added like physical threat from, you know, Arcturus was bad enough, uh, but now Torbjorn, you know, the guy who literally just slashed him to fucking death, is standing over him with the still blood and algae soaked axe. Okay. So here's the first. Which is the 12. Here's the second. Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be the 12. Okay. Like, he's shaking. Um, he's going to he's going to look at you and kind of mumble, You, you don't want to use that staff. I mean, that's the only thing I'm telling you. Arturus rumbles under his breath. What are you guys going to do? Why wouldn't I want to use the staff, sir? And he's gonna kind of he's gonna kind of button up. Fine. Then you're gonna see Nero bring up his hand and kind of in that little sidious fashion, mm-hmm. and there'll be like a crackle of electricity. And this is really hard for Nero. You can tell his hands shaking. So, uh. He still seems a little tight-lipped. Um, anything, anything more you want to do there, Torbjorn? Any, any more smackdown you want to lay? 
Can I start breaking fingers? If you want to, you go right for it. I would love to start breaking some fingers. So, you're going to either, you know, tell us where she is, or every few seconds, or however long it takes for me to feel like it, I'm going to break one of your fingers. I'm gonna break one of his fingers. Oh shit! Okay, um, you don't even have to like. Yeah, yeah. What? What's your strength modifier? It's still a plus three, even with the strength damage, right? Still. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Which finger do you fucking break? <laughs> um. Uh. Let's do. Uh. Uh. What hand was he using the wand with? Uh. His. Uh. Right. Okay, I'm gonna start with his right hand, and I'm gonna um, start with his pointer finger. Hey. Hey, you. Yes, you, with the headphones and the adventurous look in your eye. Look over here. Right here, the guy with the microphone. There you go. Welcome. It's me, your master of games, and apparently facilitator of torture. Just wanted to thank you all for joining us for the second half of one of the most intense sessions I've DM'd in the past few years. As you've heard, things quickly became action-packed and pretty dark. This episode in particular gave me goosebumps all over again just listening to it while I was editing. Uh, it gave, gave me the chills while we were playing, and listening to it over again was no difference. A uh, few things, as usual, we want to thank TabletopAudio.com today. All the background ambience and music you hear during the gaming session is from Tabletop Audio. The site has a huge variety of 10-minute ambiences and background music, as well as several settings worth of music and sounds you can mix and insert live, in real time, to blow your players' minds. Their audio is available for streaming and download via their site, tabletopaudio.com. It's all for free, but if you use their products to enrich your fun, please consider donating or supporting them on Patreon. I'm also super excited to announce that, as of yesterday, actually, I just finished recording all 37 chapters of the audiobook that I told you guys about in last episode's announcements. Um, I finally got a new soundboard, which if you follow our Facebook, you know that's why the expected episode did not come out last Wednesday, my old soundboard fried. Uh, but I got a new one, and I managed to finish recording the audiobook in time. And I am so excited for when the announcement is made and it comes out, and I can tell you all what it is, and you can check it out when the author releases it. Uh, it was a f great, fun little fantasy book to read. Uh, not at all what I expected, and even better than I expected. Definitely a unique, unique style. There's going to be more books coming out in the series, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, but for now, I'm just happy to have finished the first one. Also, going back to uh, supporting Tabletop Audio's Patreon, speaking of Patreon, our Patreon is also a thing. Right now you can look for D20-somethings, that's D20-somethings on Patreon, and it will include all the content from Quarantine Quest. There's a ton of cool rewards on there straight from us to you, including a lot more forthcoming bonus content. Right now, all proceeds made from any Patreon pledges to us will still be going to the Black Lives Matter movement and associated organizations on the ground in Portland, Oregon. Things are getting crazy out there. There's still action everywhere, and the fight is more important than ever right now. Those of you who are out there giving your all, thank you. Please stay safe, and let's all continue to remember, change is critical. With that said, let's cheer you up with the rest of this fun, lighthearted episode. Back to it. Okay, I'm going to start with his right hand, and I'm going to um, start with his pointer finger. So you guys hear... Now where is she? Where did she go? The mission I was sent on is more important than what you could do to me. I'm gonna break two more fingers. Oh, fuck. And he just screams even louder. Are you doing anything, Humana? Are you still just kind of staring at the at the stairs? I think the screams probably draw my attention and I start moving that way, but I'm not super like wanting to get over there right away. 
Okay. Uh, so you break two more fingers. I'm gonna. Fuck. He rolled a critical fail on his Constitution save, and he passes out. Nero kicks some water on his face. Sure, it's poopy water. <laughs> Here, let me piss in this water real quick so you can put it. In oh my god. You're not Jesus. you're not literally going to believe this. Uh, I'll send you guys a picture of the die if you want. Uh, but I rolled for the valves and I rolled an eight. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. So Torbjorn, uh, you hear the rush of this water. Go ahead and re- roll a reflex save to roll aside. Yeah, I'm like right in that way. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. Uh, a reflex. Oh, that's going to be a flat nine. Ooh, ten would have done it. So you are knocked prone as well. Uh, you kind of slip and fall, but um, with you know more dignity than you would have uh, if you'd rolled uh, less close to a ten. Um, mm-hmm. But this effectively fucking waterboards this unconscious dwarf. Like, a rush of rancid water pours out into that, like, 15-foot line. Um, the large bulk of it sluicing directly onto him. And so he he is about half awake when the stream dies down. Um, you can see that there is just, like, there's some random, like, rotting banana peels. Uh, there's someone's pet goldfish that they threw in the in the sewer grate uh, that went to live in the, the great ocean up north where all good goldfishies go. And he is, like, gasping for breath and comes back to semi-consciousness um, and starts violently coughing up the pee water, uh, eventually catching his breath. Arcturus is going to step forward. It's going to do lay on hands for a certain amount of uh, damage healed. Okay, so he heals him for four damage. And then he's going to stab him for two damage. So he's going to reach out. He's going to heal him. The guy kind of like gasps a little bit, looks up at him apprehensively, and he says, I can make it all go away. And then he's going to slowly press the tip of this elven long blade into the guy's stomach. Blood erupts around the tip of it. The guy, the dwarf cries out and he says, Or I can make it all happen again. Torbjorn, either roll another intimidate check or Orin, roll another persuasion check. You guys decide who you want to do and roll it with advantage. Huh? What do you think, Chuck? <sighs> hmm. I mean, I could try and. I'm always happy to use more force. You know what? Let's just uh, let's just go ahead and have you roll an intimidate check then, Torbjorn. Nero's just gonna kind of look away for a second from all this. Eight. Eighteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, he rolled exactly half of that on his wisdom save total. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you how do you push through like this final intimidation? Like, what makes him crack? Um, I want to do, like, which body part do I want to do this to you? (laughs) I'm going to slice, kind of, like, do, like, a eat, but not, like, fatal cut, like, kind of cut open uh, his guts. And I want to start just kind of shoving some of the trash and stuff that I, like, floating around the water. Oh, my God. God, I I, I just I, I like to start putting some of the the gross stuff into his open wounds and just uh, kind of start smearing it in. Um, so a little and so Nero turns around as like there were two very different types of disturbing here. There was Nero's like absolutely chilling, very low. You've pushed me to my last nerve threat. And then there is, like, this oddly stern, like, kind of cold-faced dwarf. Like, I guess I'm making assumptions here. And do you look furious, or are you just kind of maintaining composure and coolly doing this? I'm mad. I'm mad that one of my brothers has done this. Um, Like, one of my dwarf brethren. And, like, 
I'm, I'm pissed off that he used a little dirty trick of, like, the the note to knock me out. Oh, I'm yeah. upsetting this little lady over here. So, you begin nice. to slowly slice open this guy's gut, like, starting at the little opening that Arcturus left, where you can still see the now filthy little bit of internal organ and you just press the top edge of one of those chips that's been made in your axe blade in the multiple times you've hit the stone. Maybe the one from where you, you know, got your arm fucked up and you just begin dragging it across his skin. His screams echo through this chamber and you stop for a second and he gasps as if it's done and then you pick up a handful of detritus and just shove it by fingerfuls into the wound. At this point, he looks like he is on the verge of unconsciousness. Even Arcturus like takes a step back and looks a little sickened. And then you he, he finally just play, 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 play. What are you? Just please stop. <laughs> Mena is Where going is she? to quietly say, What did you do with her? Oh, she's in a safe house. I I don't even know where. We can't we can't talk to each other about it. It's part of the secrets. We we have to keep information compartmentalized. I and he kind of convulses in pain there for a minute. Uh, Nero and Torbjorn both go ahead and roll a perception check one last time. 19. Uh, 19. 19, yes. Perfect. Torbjorn, as you are bending down over this guy, like as soon as he failed, you know, in that little bit that you were trying to say, you know, like, where is she? Before Himena walked up and just like, pleaded with this guy with more threat than plead in her voice. Uh, you kind of grabbed his hair for a minute as if to yank his head back and you can now see that inscribed uh, into these silver and gold um, rings like the hair rings that are holding his braids together. You can see the symbol of the dragon marked house Kundarak. And for a minute, there's confusion. And then your blood begins to boil more. I don't know how much you remember from what I told you at the beginning of the campaign. It was a lot of information. Uh, but this is something all of your characters would know. House Kundarak is the only dwarven dragon-marked houses. They are the bankers and magical warders and protectors this man bears the symbol of House Kundarak. And almost as if to compensate for the utter confusion you feel, Torbjorn, your fury spikes to the point where you cannot speak. This is the house that, like, lives and breathes everything that is the holds of Muror. Like, House Kundarak is everywhere. Himena, yeah. you... You walk over and ask where she is, he gives this reply, kind of doubles in pain for a second, and seems to be trying to stay conscious to continue his answer. Do any of you do anything? Or say anything? Um, I want you to be brought to justice. You will live through this, but just barely. <laughs> I... If I've failed what I'm doing here, then I'm not sure I should live. Your sister is safe. She's safe. We're not going to kill her. We're not. I don't know what. And he it sounds like he's about to say the word house. And then he said, I don't know what they exactly want with her. I'll. All I know is that you're not supposed to get to the ruins of Dorshan. 
Nobody can go there again. And if me dying here serves that cause, then I will have succeeded. And he kind of like lays back on the stone. Then, perhaps, instead of kidnapping one of our party, you could have told us why she was necessary. I don't know what they wanted her for. We just needed one of you. And he kind of like looks over at Jimena as he says this. I've told you everything else I know. They keep their information so tight. Each one of us had a piece. A piece of what we were supposed to do. I don't know why they needed one of you. Any more than I know why I can't let you near the ruins of Dorishan. All I, <laughs> all I know is that this information is of the utmost importance. Nero's going to take out a potion of healing. Okay. Arcturus at this point is just like letting the tip of his blade rest in the water as he like kind of looks down at the space in between where the water begins and this guy's body begins. Is there any way we could solve this civilly, sir? Would you take us to your people so we can discuss this matter civilly? Risky. It's not worth the price. It's not, not worth the bread. It's not. And at this point, he's kind of like starting to phase back into unconsciousness and becoming delirious. Come awake. You're gonna kick him awake? Yeah. Like every time he tries to like pass out, I'm gonna. Uh, he's he he kind of like doubles sideways. Um, and like you you see his eyes flash open for a minute, but they don't really focus a whole lot more than they were before um his his body's about the limit of what a conscious body can take uh so he's he's definitely still conscious um but he's he's kind of gasping for breath and muttering at the moment nero's gonna give him the healing potion he doesn't take he doesn't take it from your hands he's not gonna take it unless you force feed him no i'm gonna administer it okay humana do you do anything more at this point are you just waiting to see how this plays out just waiting probably a little shocked that she and her sister were both considered because honestly everyone who knows our culture would want my sister not me well and if you remember there's one of those shadows inside arcturus too yeah but it didn't work (laughs) yeah who knows arcturus would you bind his hands yeah, he has like a sash, like an extra silk rope sash, um, in addition to, you know, the heavier leather belt that holds on his sword, and he's going to use that to uh, tie up the guy's hands. I don't know what to do at this point, other than take it to the authorities. We have to find the leader. That much I do know. If he was able to, like, transport her is he able to like is he able to transport us there perhaps is the man conscious yeah yeah he's still conscious if he was able to do it once you can do it again eh that is a fair point that wasn't my port of recall spell that was his it's where we're each a separate finger on one of the hands on one of the arms of the people who have us do what we do. His job was to get the girl or the boy would mean his job was to get one of you and recall back to wherever it was he was based. I don't know where that is. No, but at the very least we can bring you to your kin. I think they will know what to do with you. For the first time, not under, you know, duress or pain, for the first time, 
he looks terrified and shoots his eyes towards Torbjorn. He did not expect to survive this encounter. The thought of being brought back to the dwarven people for justice, whether it's the justice itself or whether it's the implications that follow his outing. This motherfucker shook. The dwarves don't fucking mess around. So, as everybody's kind of standing around uh, awkwardly, um, what, what do you guys do with him, I guess? Like, um, while you guys kind that, of figure things out. With that note and seeing the eyes shoot forward, Nero's going to look to Artorus and say, Artorus, would you like to render this man unconscious again? Um, Arcturus seems to hesitate for just a minute. Um, the, the That crazy crimson glow has kind of gone from his eyes, um, and he's just kind of standing there, like, listless, almost. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the honors and uh, just kind of do some uh, non-lethal damage and knock him out. Yeah, he was, like, two points away from <laughs> death anyway, like, maybe. So, yeah, you, you knock him the fuck unconscious easily. I may not be very strong or very powerful wizard, but I pledge this both to you. I will help you find Kalita. We will find her. Right now, perhaps we should gather this and drop it off where it belongs. And we shall go from there. I think it's fairly close to where it belongs. And then almost, as, as you guys are discussing this, almost as if, uh, like, somebody's just turning up the volume knob, you, uh, you hear this, like, <laughs> the, the strange, shrill, uh, coffee-maker-like voice of your patron, it comes back into your head um, until it's like this shrill shriek. Um, and even though you're still staring with, you know, eyes wide open at the scenery in front of you, you see like this little vision in your head of a shadow, like in front of your eyes, like the same kind of shadowy, misty being that possessed your sister and brother, uh, reaching out toward you and beginning to step inside you. And then you feel your skin get fever hot and then can feel fire just like burning through your veins and as this shadow is completely subsumed into your body you can hear its whispery scream in your head as it begins to just dissolve and you know now why there was no shadow in you your patron destroyed it you see another vision of this this strange Building covered in, you know, impossibly old dust and stones um, set in this large cavern. And there's a hole in the ceiling of the building. For some reason, this sticks in your mind. There's a big hole in the ceiling of the building. And as you move down, you see kind of the shadowy figures of like these two. It looks like two dogs walking around. There's a, there's a clunking of metal. But most clearly in front of you, you see the long, cold remains of a forge. On top of the anvil of the forge, there is a strange, a six-pointed star-shaped piece of metal. It's cracked right down the middle, but inscribed on it are all sorts of magical runes. And then all of a sudden you feel that same fevery, hot feeling again, and you watch yourself as if in a, you know, first-person video game, extend your hand and call forth the fire of your patron into the heart of this forge and the the metal inside whether it's iron or adamantine whatever it is begins to heat and melt and then you hear another metallic clunking you turn around and you see an enormous like it, it looks like a warforged but much blockier almost as it like think of that first draft of Iron Man in the cave versus the final Iron Man. 
and this mm-hmm. being this being is holding a huge hammer and begins to just walk toward the forge and the strange six-pointed star lying cracked in half on top of the anvil. And then the beeping kind of recedes and the voice of your patron leaves you with only the knowledge uh, that if this forge in the heart of Dorisharn, this forgotten forge of House Caneth, is where they're trying to stop you from getting, you should probably get there one way or another. Humana, uh, are you okay? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but we have to get to the forge. Um, Arcturus is going to walk up to you and like place a place a hand on your shoulder, um, and he says, "Sister, I, are you sure that?" And then he meets eyes with you, and something in your eyes just makes him trail off. Um, and he's going to turn around and look at the two of you. We may leave the body here, or take it up top first. But if my sister believes with the fire in her eyes that we must reach the forge, I will go with her. As will I. To help you? I I come and help you. I will... I don't know all the words. Okay. Um, what what decision is reached about the body? I'll let you, as the players, discuss this. What are what are you gonna do with uh, unconscious, super fucked dwarf man here? I think I think Torbjorn should have a lot of say in this. Um, well, we still have to go through the sewer. We're not just leaving the sewers now, are we? You guys walked like through a series of tunnels and stuff um, that led you straight here. It was, like I said, a, a, a good few hours of walking um, till you get kind of back up into those catacombs uh, below the rat's market. And then ahead of you, uh, following following the map you were given, um, or the the you know the rough directions that the goblin gave you, you don't know how much farther you have to go. Um, I mean, it doesn't appear. I mean, you've met a surprising amount of people trying to kill you down here, but their yeah. motivations seem to entirely be stopping you specifically from acquiring this this schema or reaching the forge for one reason or another other than that you guys have seen no signs of passage down here i mean it's not exactly a desirable location and even looking around at the valves and stuff you can see like they're very rusty um uh, valve seven right across the way is straight up like the doors on crooked there's water constantly leaking through it and it's like mostly rusted together so it doesn't look like anybody even really comes down here to maintain it. So Tucked away in his body somewhere. What do you guys think? Wrap him in the nut, tie him to the grate. That we had to punch a hole in at one point. <laughs> oh shit. Just leave him like hanging halfway in the water. Oh yeah. What if we Why not? Like suspend him above like so he's maybe less noticeable. <laughs> um we hang him from the like the, the sky. Just kind of hog tie him up in the air. Let him dangle. I am not opposed to this. So, uh, this this grate right here, uh, that grate that we dealt with last time. Um, uh-huh. It has a large, like it comes out to about here. Like it has a very large overhang before you get to it. I mean the the like archway leading to the grate itself is about you know six and a half feet tall at the peak, uh, but there is a three or four foot overhang. It's heavily shadowed, so you could definitely like tie him to the high end of the grate or something like that, um, and it would he, he'd be very hard to see for someone just passing by. I love that and make sure that he's like completely gagged 
maybe cut out its tongue so you can't make noise if people do pass by. You'll probably just gag him. Um, string him up there until we can uh, get back. I'm gonna take everything of value off of him as well. Like, strip him of nothing. Alright, so he is wearing a ring of protection plus one. Uh, it looks like it has looks like it has like some sort of family insignia on it or something like that. You don't recognize it, uh, but if you took it to someone who knows, you know, like maybe a can't think of the name, but basically really cool librarian who knows like all the dwarven houses, uh, they Smart might be boy. able to tell you what family he's from or what family he's. I'm very with. interested in that. Okay. I want to. I want to know what kind of family the shithead came from. I want them to know that he. Do you know what your son has been doing? Yeah, I want to like you know if I ever you know find his house, like I want to you know remind them that of the shame that he has brought to them. Hell yes! All right, so you take this ring of protection plus one. Um, it does provide a plus one bonus to your armor class. Um, and that is a deflection bonus, uh, so it does apply even when you are flat-footed. Or, I guess, uh, against touch attacks. Sorry, it'll apply against touch attacks. Um, you also, if you go pick up that wand, it is a wand of thunder wave with eight charges remaining. Uh, Humana, what are you doing? Are you just kind of standing there? Are you wandering back toward the stairs? Like, what's everybody doing while while uh, Torbjorn raids the body. Like, are you guys helping with that, or...? Uh, Nero might examine the wand. Also, did we ever see that adamantium necklace? Uh, yeah, that's still laying right over in the water where he dropped it. Okay. Well, Nero will just walk over and pick it up. Examine it. It is definitely a magical item. Like, it's just reeking of necromantic magic. Um, but you, you've never seen anything like it before. Uh, you can't really divine what it is. I mean, unless you want to try and roll like an obscenely high DC arcana or spellcraft check. Um, oh, sure. so you, you can try that if you want. Uh, how about you, Humana? Uh, Humana is, uh, sitting um. with Arcturus, uh, or standing somewhere talking with him. Okay trying to figure out the difference between the shock of my sister is gone and the just stunned we have to go and, and trying to sort through those different feelings uh, what was your role uh, Oren oh I see a- it it's a 20 or a, a 20 DC uh, lets you know that some very powerful Carnathi uh, necromancers um, in the past had artifacts u- or artifacts usually crafted of adamantine that would allow them to like control undead at a greater uh, like efficacy or um, like they could raise undead greater than they normally would be able to. Basically, it amplified their necromantic powers. Uh, there's very little specification as to how you've read only rumors uh, or vague hints at how to construct one of these Um, but this thing is definitely adamantine, it's reeking of necromantic magic, Um, but you have no idea of how to use it uh, or how to even go about figuring out what precisely it does with Torbjorn's permission Nero will just hold on to it Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check real quick Humana Oh, shit. Alrighty, uh, so you were over by... Uh, you're standing over there talking to Arcturus, as you said, or at least being in his presence, um, kind of trying to sort through your thoughts. Uh, over there, back by the grate, um, Arcturus basically told you two, uh, Torbjorn and Nero, uh, that when you were done, just to, to bring the guy over to him, um, he ran up the stairwell real quick to grab uh, the, the rope from his pack. Um, and came back down, is kind of idly twiddling the rope in the water. Um, but Humana, near where he's twiddling the rope, just under the surface of the water, uh, you see what looks like a wand. Do you pick it up? Yeah, pick it up. You know with, and you, you almost burst into furious tears again, 
uh, because you know now how this, you know, was forced to happen. Uh, it is a wand of suggestion with 16 charges remaining. Other than the ring of protection, um, I, I mean, he's got fine crimson clothes. Um, there's some mundane studded leather armor underneath the cloak. But uh, other than that, there's there's not a whole lot on him. Um, you find three gold pieces, 18 silver pieces, and 10 copper pieces uh, in a small pouch. But that is that is all you manage to huh. obtain from this this body raid. And strip him of his clothes, toss the clothes in the, the dirty water. So this guy's in his this guy's in his skivvies being hung. Yeah, he's just nothing but chonies. Uh, so you drag him over to Arcturus, um, and Arcturus, being a very 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 tall, heavy man. Um, he barely fits under this doorway, is going to just pick this guy up um, like he's nothing and slam him against the top of the grate and just lash him around with the rope as fast and as hard as he can, taking taking no care to make the bonds loose in any way, shape, or form. And once the guy is thoroughly secured, he is going to pull out one of the magic items that I gave him uh, mostly to help you guys um, he is going to pull out a wand of Death Ward, and he is going to cast Death Ward on this guy. And he's just going to say, Spirits of the Aranol, rest my soul. You will not die until you reach the holds of Mirror. Have fun. And he's just going to turn around and uh, stride up to you, Humana. Uh, kind of look at you, Torbjorn and Nero, and just say, Shall we go? Nero's hitching up his robes and <laughs> tightening his grip on the staff. And, just feel like, and with permission, he'd like to also take the first wand with the eight charges. The wand of Thunderwave? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then just hold staff and wand in hand and say, yes, let's continue. Okay. So with uh, with Jimena and Arcturus's hearts heavy, anxious, and uh, furious at the loss of their sister, uh, Torbjorn, you know, he was he was looking for a fight. He found a group of cool people. You know, he, he found a, you know, a freaking quest to go on. Like, you know, this is... This is the fucking, you know, post-Last War 12 Kingdoms of Eberron. It's already full of magical wonders. Like, you know, unless you're insane, where do you find, you know, magical quests? Yeah. And uh, so you found a magical quest in the middle of a diplomatic mission, which, you know, you were going to do your family proud, but let's be honest, not probably your cup of tea. Uh, but now... No. Now, somehow... Whatever is connected to this forge, you are fucking invested in, even if it's only for the sake of bringing this asshole back for justice. Something has tied you to the lost forge of Dorisharn, and you two are filled with this strange mix of, of fury, apprehension, and almost eagerness to find out what the hell is going down here. And Lord Nero, you... You've never had to deal with anything like this. And something has been brought out of your soul that you thought resided only in the family necromancers and the military necromancers that your father would sit and tell stories with. You, despite how much it unsettled you, saw the gore of this man's death unfold before your eyes. And for a moment there, just a few moments the the chill and stench of his oncoming death did not phase you in fact you felt a thrill and it both sickens you and gives you some small amount of comfort that whatever is coming you might be able to handle and maybe your father's faith in you and your ability as a magical student were neither one displaced 
all of you with your own reasons leave the hanging, shallowly breathing, and thoroughly and justly shamed form of the dwarven sorcerer hanging on the grate, the sewer water plummeting into the depths beneath him, and you begin walking westward down the sewer passage. We'll see you next session. Thank you for listening to Quarantine Quest, City of Towers. The cast of Quarantine Quest is Oren Brown, Kara Schmidt, Chuck Welker, and Mary Emmert. Game mastery and additional voice acting by Dustin Sipes. Background music and ambience by Tabletop Audio. Original intro and outro music by J. Karsten Neal. Find more of his music under the title King Zebra on SoundCloud. Quarantine Quest is a production of Too Many Worlds Podcast Network. The Eberron campaign setting was created by Keith Baker, and all Eberron content, including the Forgotten Forge adventure path, is property of Wizards of the Coast. Thank you for listening, and as always, may all your adventures be epic, and none of your treasure chests be mimics. <laughs>